You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Today is Tuesday, the 15th of September. And here's your quarantine tip of the day. As your kids go back to school, please make sure that their teachers are covering the subjects that they need to know now more than ever. Reading, writing, and most importantly, punching people for paper towels. Yo, you can't get paper towels right now. Anyway, on tonight's show, scientists have found a backup planet. Michael Costa and Roy Wood Jr. get back into sports, and Donald Trump has solved climate change. So let's do this, people. Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is the Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition. Let's kick things off with outer space. It's the reason people who aren't perverts have telescopes. For years, scientists have been asking if there is life on Mars, but it turns out they may have been looking in the wrong place. Astronomers have uncovered possible new signs of life on Venus. Its surface is hot enough to melt lead and it's cloaked in clouds of toxic gas. But scientists now believe something could be alive on Venus or actually just above it. Professor Sarah Seeger, along with a team of international scientists, spotted a molecule called phosphine in the planet's atmosphere using giant telescopes. Finding phosphine, it really leaves us with two equally crazy ideas. One is that there is some unknown chemistry. And the other one is that there's some possibility there might be some kind of life producing phosphine on Venus. Wow. Human beings are amazing. Just five months ago, we finally discovered how to properly wash our hands. And look at us. Now we're discovering extraterrestrial life. And I think it's super exciting that there's life on Venus. Because I've heard that's where all the ladies are from. Ooh, I can't wait to go to Venus. A planet full of only women? Oh, I'm just gonna roll up there and be like, yo, ladies, can you give us some advice on building an egalitarian society based on mutuality free from patriarchy? You know, the one thing that often gets me is that we spend a lot of time trying to discover life on other planets. I feel like we don't spend any time figuring out what we're gonna do when we find life on other planets. Because I mean, given Earth's track record of explorers finding life on other planets they travel to, my advice to Venus is, run, girl! And of all the times to discover alien life, this is the worst time. Because what if the aliens come down to meet us and we give them coronavirus? They're gonna be so mad that we're gonna have to explain that it's not an act of war, but then they'll be like, yeah, but you guys knew you had it. Why didn't you wear a mask? And then we'll be like, well, that's kind of a weird thing that we have right now because of some stuff we read on Facebook. And they'll be like, wait, Facebook? So Zuckerberg is here? We wondered where he ended up. And we'd be like, wait, Zuckerberg's an alien? They'll be like, what, you thought he was a human? Wah! Now, we better pray that aliens are really nice and welcoming to humans. Because at the rate climate change is going, we're gonna need a place to crash. Hurricane Sally is expected to make landfall as a category one tomorrow, producing heavy rain and a potentially life-threatening storm surge. States of emergency have already been declared in Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana. The slow-moving storm is packing winds around 100 miles per hour. It's expected to drop nearly two feet of rain. For only the second time in recorded history, five tropical cyclones are churning in the Atlantic at the same time. We're running out of letters to name them, so soon we'll be using the Greek alphabet for storm names. Welcome to 2020, people where we've had so many hurricanes that now we're gonna start using the Greek alphabet. And then I guess after that, they're gonna go to colors. And after that, they're gonna have to get ideas from Elon Musk. Ah! 
It's Hurricane Xeon 7. How, how, do you, how do you pronounce the upside down G? And guys, you know what's crazy to me is that even though we're seeing the effects of climate change almost every day, there are still tons of people in this country who are like, I don't know if it's real. And even if it is, I'm not really afraid of it. But what's funny is those are the same people who are like, a Muslim family moved into my neighborhood? What is their secret plan? So maybe we just need to use that irrational fear to get people to take climate change seriously. Yeah, instead of naming them Hurricane Sally or Hurricane Diane, they should call it Hurricane Abdul Bashir Jalaluddin Bakhari. In 12 hours, America will be all vegan and everyone in NASCAR will drive a Prius. We gotta save this goddamn planet, yo! Speaking of which, there's another crisis engulfing the country that's even more directly tied to climate change, the West Coast wildfires. With less than 50 days until the election, President Trump and Joe Biden are clashing over climate change. While meeting with California's governor, the president downplayed the role of climate change in the wildfires ravaging the region. His Democratic rival blasted that attitude. Donald Trump's climate denial may not have caused these fires and record floods and record hurricanes. If you give a climate arsonist four more years in the White House, why would anyone be surprised if we have more America blaze? We want to work with you to really recognize the changing climate and what it means to our forests and actually work together with that science. That science is going to be key because if we, if we ignore that science and sort of put our head in the sand and think it's all about vegetation management, we're not going to succeed together protecting Californians. Okay, it'll start getting cooler. <laughs> I you wish just, you just watch. Mr. President, you're right. It will start getting cooler. That's called winter. Gold star. So I guess Trump's approach to climate change is the same as his approach to coronavirus. Just deny its existence and then hope it'll magically disappear. Which probably means six months from now, Bob Woodward is gonna release a tape where Trump is gonna be doing a detailed PowerPoint on carbon emissions impact on global temperatures. And this is why the solar flares that we're experiencing at a stratospheric level are so, hold on, Fox News. Ay, 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 But it's no wonder that Trump doesn't believe in science, people. The dude's been defying science his whole life. I mean, when science told him he couldn't subsist on a diet of fast food, meatloaf, and steak for 74 years, Trump was like, challenge accepted. Now, if you think that the president was at all embarrassed by that exchange, well, you clearly don't know Trump. Because rather than hiding in shame, he spent nearly an hour this morning chatting with his best friends on Fox News. And he obviously thought the interview went great, but something tells me that even they are wondering if they can keep this up for another four years. Mr. President, I think you broke a lot of news this morning. Thank you very much for starting your day with Fox and Friends. Thank you. Okay, it's been so, great. Thank and we'll you do it every much. week? We're gonna uh, do it yeah. every week? I look forward to it. Yeah, we're gonna do it every week. Every Monday, I think they said, and uh, if, if we can't do it on a Monday, we'll do it on a Tuesday like we did today. All Sounds right. good. Uh, Mr. President, okay. thank you very much. Uh, you may want to do it every week, but uh, Fox is not committed to that. We're going to take it on a case-by-case -case basis. And uh, Joe Biden, as well, is always welcome to uh, join us for 47 minutes, like we just did with the president. All right. Uh, Donald Trump, President of the United States. Wow. Steve Ducey just told the President of the United States, don't call us, we'll call you. Imagine that. He's the most powerful man in the world and they're treating him like he's a Jehovah's Witness who's also selling timeshares. And the fact that Ducey even knew that it was 47 minutes just shows you how annoyed he was. Not 45 minutes, not an hour, 47 minutes exactly. 
That's someone who spent most of a conversation staring at their watch. And by the way, if Melania ever wanted to have an affair, Trump's Fox News interviews would be the perfect time for her to do it. Okay, Eduardo, my husband just called into Fox now, so we have anywhere between 45 minutes and three hours to make called indifferent love. But still, man, I wanna give props to Steve Ducey for inviting Joe Biden on the show to make it seem like Fox and Friends is a balanced news show. That was pretty cool. Yeah, at the end, he was just like, just to be clear, we will also talk with Joe Biden. It's only fair. All right, coming up next, are Democrats gonna burn your house down while you're asleep? We'll discuss, but the answer is yes. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll tell you why the American passport is now useless. So stick around. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Next Tuesday is the first day of autumn, or as many Americans call it, fall. Because what do leaves do? They fall. (laughs) You guys are adorable. It also means there is officially one week left to get in that summer vacation. But of course, it'll be a little different than other years. Let's find out how different in our special segment, Travel in the Time of Corona. The coronavirus pandemic has been devastating for a number of industries. The sports industry, the restaurant industry, and not to mention Stouffer's line of frozen back dinners. And Corona has been especially bad for travel. I mean, at the beginning of the outbreak, the biggest trip most of us could take was from our bed to the toilets. But gradually, people have started to realize that they can still go on trips. They just have to do it a little more old school. A five-star comeback, Motel seeing a surge in business as more Americans look to social distance during the pandemic. Motels may seem like relics of a bygone era, but not in 2020. I prefer this over a hotel. I can just walk straight to my room. Everything's clean. I'm not touching a lot of things. Many of the motels offer their own little kitchenettes. So you're self-contained in that area too. You just go out, get your groceries, come in and stay at home. Motels are sort of built for pandemics. One of the reasons they're becoming more popular right now is because you don't have to walk through a crowded lobby to get to your room. You don't have to get on an elevator. We're at a Motel 6, by the way, and your air conditioning unit is your own, so you don't have to worry about the virus spreading through different rooms. Yes, good news, people. You don't have to worry about coronavirus at motels, which means now you can spend more time worrying about whether the drug deal in the next room is gonna go bad. I think that's a pretty fair price for 10 kilos, Mr. Scorpion. Please just take it. I also get why motels make much more sense than hotels right now. I mean, COVID can't get you if you get stabbed in the parking lot first. Plus, motels already have all the other diseases that Corona's probably afraid to step on their turf. Yeah, Corona's like, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll just wait for you outside. You know, you think about it. Coronavirus is actually one of the more bougie diseases. You know, think about it. Think about where Corona is, what it's doing. Corona's like, I like going on cruises and I love being in restaurants. I don't like being outside. And fitness classes, oh my God, I love those. Basically like anywhere with vitamin water. So a road trip to a motel is one way to make vacations a little safer. But safer yet is a road trip in a motel. RVs have become the trendy way to vacation during the pandemic. The demand is so high, RV dealers say inventory across the state is low. An RV is a socially distanced vehicle, a socially distanced vacation, and a way to corral or keep your family together. 
This motorhome is 36 feet long and 8 feet wide, about the size of a city bus. No special license is required. Whoa. Oh, no! I was a little tight with the... Uh... That was my back wheel, right? With more RVs on the roads, more inexperienced drivers are putting the wreck in recreational vehicle. God damn, that was crazy. And I know what you're thinking right now. Trevor, if my whole family is in that RV and we crash and die, isn't that worse than some of us getting coronavirus? Well, honestly, guys, I don't know. Because if one family member dies, we all have to go to their funeral. But if we all die together, then no one is sad. It's also funny how that guy said, RVs are a great way to keep your family together. Because is that really the problem we're having right now? Like, who's sitting out there like, guys, I love that we're spending every waking moment together, but what if we could do it in an even smaller space? Either way though, this shows you why America is such a strange place. Because if you're forced to live in your car, you get tickets, the police hassle you, people call you a blight. But if your car has a stove in it, oh, then you're just living the dream. So, Corona has made road trips great again. But what if you wanna go somewhere that you can't drive to? Well, that's where things get tricky because although airline travel is surprisingly safe, it's not just the virus that you need to be worried about. A passenger gets kicked off a plane after a dispute over a face mask. We're seeing incidents like this again and again. More than 700 people are now on airlines' no-fly list, all because they refuse to wear a mask while traveling. Tension aboard a Newark-bound flight as every single passenger is forced off, all because one of them wasn't wearing a mask. Fists were thrown after a woman refused to wear a mask on an American Airlines flight. Okay, people, I can understand why some don't wanna wear masks outdoors, right? I can stretch my mind to understand why people don't wanna wear a mask at a place like the gym. But airplanes, airplanes are the one place where your individual desires don't mean shit. Oh, I don't feel comfortable wearing a mask on a plane. Uh, I don't- Nobody feels comfortable, that's what flying is all about. They tell you when you can stand. They tell you when you can eat. Hell, they tell you when you can use the bathroom. Flying is the only time after fourth grade where you need to get permission to go pee. Flying is not about your personal comfort. It's about safety. You think I wanna take off my shoes, huh? And then walk through a machine that exists solely to take fancy dick pics of me? And by the way, I can't believe anyone is actually brawling on an airplane. That requires way too much work especially if you're in the window seats, because then you got to do that weird little shimmy out first. What did you say to me, asshole? <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> excuse Here, let me hold, I'll hold your ginger ale. I just said, what did you say to me, asshole? And it's not just corona and assholes that the airline industry is struggling with right now, because as it turns out, even if Americans are willing to get on a plane, they aren't allowed to go to too many places. Some countries have been easing travel restrictions in a bid to get their tourism industries rolling again, but there is one country that is repeatedly being left off safe travel lists, and that is, yep, the United States. Europe's famous landmarks and beaches are normally a magnet for American tourists and a major source of income here, but travelers from the US will not be allowed into Europe. If you look at places, Fareed, where US citizens can travel right now, the list is embarrassingly small. Before the pandemic, this was a ticket to 185 countries. But now, with the US still struggling to get its case numbers under control, an American passport is a ticket to almost nowhere. 
That's right, people. Because of how America has handled coronavirus, travel to most of the world has been shut down. So no more backpacking trips through Europe. Sorry, college students. You have to pick up your fake accent somewhere else. I got this one on Netflix. And you know, right now, I feel like most Americans don't even realize how much they've messed up a good thing. You guys are so used to being able to travel to any country at any time, no questions asked. That's not what it's like for most people in the world. When people from Africa or the Middle East wanna go on vacation abroad, we need to get permission from that country first. Yeah, Americans can just be like, my girlfriend Susie went to London. I'm gonna surprise her with a visit right now. We can't do that where I'm from. The rest of the world, we get questioned like we're on the world's shittiest game show. What is the purpose of your trip to France? Uh, I've always wanted to see Paris. And what is it that is in Paris? I don't know, the Eiffel Tower? Oh, you want to see the Eiffel Tower? Here, I Google it for you. Now get back on the plane, bye-bye. So your American passport may be useless for travel, but don't worry, Americans. The State Department has just released a brand new PSA about everything else that your passport can do. The following is a message from the U.S. Department of State. Despite America's excellent handling of the pandemic, our citizens have been banned from countries all over the world. And you might be thinking, I'll never use my passport again. But don't worry, because there are plenty of other uses for your U.S. passport. For example, you can use it as a coaster or a barbecue napkin. Use the pages to draw where you wish you could go. Hose it down and it's a tiny little slip and slide. You could even use it to hide a pornographic magazine. Shh. Practice flirting on it. So do you come here often or? Whatever. You won't even talk to me. And did someone say origami? Or just duct tape it to your face and you've got a makeshift mask. Please don't tell President Trump we suggested to wear a mask. He'll get so mad. Your U.S. passport, not totally useless. All right, it's time for a short break. But when we come back, Michael Costa and Roy Wood Jr. welcome back the NFL. So stick around. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Even as coronavirus rages around the world, many professional sports leagues are figuring out ways to try and play the game again, which means it's time for us to go to another edition of I Apologize for Talking While You Were Talking. What's up, sports fans? I'm Roy Wood Jr. That's Michael Costa. Costa, the NFL is back, baby. Aaron Rodgers throwing touchdowns, Christian McCaffrey running all over the place, Julio Jones putting up yards, and every single one of them is on my fantasy team. Another win. Yeah, and, and remind me again why you got the first 20 picks in our league. Costa, I don't have time to explain fantasy to you. We can talk about it later. Hey, I hope so. I'm just happy you let me draft all those kickers. Hey, isn't it great to have football back, Roy? I mean, nothing unites America like football. Hold that thought, Costa, because what happened before the Texans Chiefs game on Thursday, I wouldn't call united. While the Chiefs did handle the Texans 34 to 20, it was the action before the game that has social media really talking. Fans were heard booing during a moment of unity involving the players and the coaches from both teams. One fan recorded himself booing. 
Wait, I don't understand this, Roy, because the fans were upset when the players were protesting during the anthem, so the players moved the protest to after the anthem, yet they're still booing. I mean, I mean, I don't Why are they so upset? Uh, I don't want to be the one to break this to you, Costa, but I think the fans just don't like what the players are protesting about. No, that can't be it. Maybe it was their economic anxiety. But look, on another note, it's just sad to see the NFL start in such an ugly way. I mean, booing a moment of unity. I haven't seen that since my wedding. Yeah, sorry about doing that to you, by the way. That's why I love what baseball is doing right now with sports. No fans in the stands. You can't boo, you can't be racist, and you can see teddy bears take a foul ball to the face. I have no sympathy for that bear. He didn't even try to catch it. You know what my favorite moment was of week one, Costa? It wasn't what was happening on the field. It was Andy Reid fogging up his face mask, trying to see through it, man. Look at him, man. He's all fogged up. Looks like Daredevil trying to smell the place. This is where I think you're wrong, Roy. A fogged up face shield is actually an advantage as a coach because you can draw a play on your face, you know? Cross over my mustache, drop back five steps up to the eye, back down to the mole, then do a flank route over the face, around the ear, catch the ball, touchdown, baby! Anything is possible, Costa. The NFL wasn't the only exciting news from over the weekend. On Saturday night in tennis, Naomi Osaka won the US Open Women's Championship. But what made even more news is what she was wearing while she did it. Well, an exciting come from behind finish at the US Open. After losing the first set to Victoria Azarenka in just 26 minutes, Naomi Osaka fought her way back to win this year's title. Osaka used her time on the court in her seven tournament matches to call attention to racial injustice, wearing a different mask for each match, each bearing the name of a black victim of racialized violence. What a stirring moment. Naomi Osaka wins the US Open Women's Championship while sending a powerful message about ending racial injustice. Costa, you used to play professional tennis. Have you ever done anything like that? Win a women's championship? No, right? I never got out of the qualifying. But look, I think it's great that Naomi Osaka is using her platform to advocate for justice in the same tradition that other athletes have, like Muhammad Ali refusing to serve in Vietnam, or Colin Kaepernick kneeling in protest against police brutality, or even Peyton Manning raising awareness that Papa John's doesn't just have better pizza, they have better ingredients. And that wasn't political, but it meant a lot to me. Wait, Peyton Manning was an athlete? I thought he was just like a commercial actor. I, there, he was an athlete. Curling? I think it was curling. We should double check that. Finally, the NBA, as you know, has had all of their players in a bubble while they complete their playoffs. But it looks like for one particular player, the season might be ending a little early. Well, Houston Rockets forward Daniel Howes is the latest NBA player to be accused of breaking bubble protocol. The league says he brought a female COVID-19 testing official into his hotel room. She denies violating any league protocol. Wow. Daniel House got kicked out of the NBA bubble for having a COVID official in his room. That is not a sentence we would have been able to understand a year ago. But here we are. For the record, Costa, I think he should have been suspended. That was the right call. I, I disagree, Roy. If you're going to break a quarantine, doing it with a COVID tester is the right person to do it with. It's like getting hit by an ambulance. Everything you need is right there. It's pretty smart. You are completely wrong. The rules are in place for a reason. 
Well, maybe Roy, but what, okay, what if I told you that it was LeBron James who got kicked out? Then I would tell you the rules are made to be broken because LeBron is in my fantasy league and I need him, I gotta win. I know, you know what, that reminds me, how come I had to pick Shaq with my first pick? He retired nine years ago. Costa, I told you if you want to be in the league and draft active players, you've got to pay the $5,000 fee like everybody else. Man. Come on. All right. Okay, fine. I'll just, I'll Venmo you. All right, cool. Throw in the late fee as well. I'm also looking to trade uh, Reggie Miller. You want to? Talk to me about it offline. That's all we got for you, Trevor. Back to you. Thank you so much for that, guys. I got to get Costa to join my fantasy league. All right, when we come back, I'll be talking with the Hulk himself, Mark Ruffalo, about what the media doesn't get about his hometown of Kenosha. So stick around. Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. So earlier today, I spoke with Academy Award-nominated actor Mark Ruffalo. We talked about what's been happening in his hometown of Kenosha and so much more. Check it out. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you for coming back, not in person, but like, you know, the way we do everything now. Woody, it was just, it feels like it was yesterday that we were right? in a thousand years ago, both at the same time that we were just sitting like, we would never have thought we would be like this. I feel moment. like I would have, I would have, I should have and would have enjoyed those moments more. Had, like I would have hugged you for longer. I would have talked to you for longer. I would have, I feel like there's so many interactions that I didn't fully appreciate because I didn't know that I would not be having them for like seven months of my life. Buddy, I know exactly what you mean. Maybe that's part of what this is all about for us, is just to, is just to appreciate right? like, things we take for granted, like hugging people, yeah. or being next to people without a yeah. mask on, or being around people who don't have masks on and not wanting to hit them. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, before or like, we berate them or ask them like what the f is your problem why can't you work? what's the big deal man this is i feel like this is the part where scarlett johansson starts talking to you very softly and brings you down and just like calms you <laughs> um you're one of the most versatile actors that that like of our generation you know i feel like in many ways you know what we see of you in the movies is who you are in real life because Mark Ruffalo in real life is somebody who's been outspoken for a long time, and it's no different right now. You know, Kenosha is in the news. Jacob Blake, Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, the, 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 the protests, the shootings, the racial tension. And you wrote a really powerful piece that speaks to Kenosha because, you know, it speaks to Kenosha from your heart. As somebody who's from Kenosha, what do you wish more people would understand about what's going on there? Well, you know... <laughs> It was shocking, first of all, to just see Kenosha in the news at all. I mean, it's just not a place that um, you, you hear about uh, other than, you know, factory closings. And um, and my family's there. And, um, you know, I I uh, it was devastating um, to see what happened there and then what, what followed. Um, you know, to see Jacob Blake um, shot like that in front of his family um, and then to see you know, all these people, you know, go out and, 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 and protest for black lives, you know, which is what we're doing, you know, and, and, and that's the truth of this moment. And I, and I feel bad for anyone who, who doesn't join us, especially for the people who say all lives matter, because if you truly believe all lives matter, then you should be on the streets right now with your black and brown and white brothers who are all fighting for one of the races where obviously it doesn't appear 
like they are being considered the same way the rest of us right. are, all right? So that's what all lives matters really means, is that all lives do matter and that black lives have got to be lifted up. Then you should be out, you should be the first one out on the street, you know? But these protests have been, you know, predominantly peaceful. We don't hear about that, you know? We, we, we only see the guys like in Kenosha, Wisconsin, they made 170 arrests. Uh, over those days of protest and 120 of them were from out of town um, and they were provocateurs and they were, you know, trashing a town that they're not even from. That was what broke my heart because that's not what I know about Kenosha, Wisconsin. As, as, as disparate as the, um, it is economically, as much as people struggle there, there is, there is a community there. Um, that being said, that community is also facing, you know, generations of, of um, racial injustice and inequality. But what the news I was seeing coming out of there didn't feel honest to me. It felt salacious. It felt, you know, of course, they're going to go for the, the worst things. And then, of course, you have um, what, you know, the kid with a 17 year old with an AR-15 um, being called from out of state uh, to come and be a vigilante and, and right. basically shoot people. All this was heartbreaking. And I, and I was honestly, Trevor, I was paralyzed. I didn't, I didn't know how to respond to it. And I, and, and usually I, I get some sort of message like, this is your time to go. This is your time to be there. This, but you know, we're living in COVID. I couldn't go. Um, you know, I'm taking care of my family here. Um, and uh, and then and then uh, something opened up. You know, I, I was reaching out to the community. I heard about this uh, black B L A K Black Lives Activist of Kenosha, and um, and so I reached out through them and. Um, did that Instagram IG live right. to, to counter this kind of story that was coming out of the Kenosha news at the time that was coming out of the media that was coming out of the Trump campaign that Kenosha, Wisconsin was some kind of um, hellhole where uh, black terrorists were, were terrorizing the community, which is right. total and utter bullshit, as we all know. I think a lot of people would appreciate the fact that you don't just speak out, but you also advocate for action this election is one of the most important that America will ever face. And you've gotten out there and people have known for a long time that you're a huge Bernie Sanders supporter. And now you've been going out saying, people, we have to get behind Joe Biden and we have to vote. You know, for a long time, it felt like the Bernie faction of the party would never uh, coalesce behind uh, Joe Biden. But it feels like this election is different, would you say? Yes, we, we learned a big lesson from 2016. You know, the, the, the propaganda of, new, of, of the United States um, elections and election cycle is that the presidential election is going to solve everything. But an election really is only a comma on a movement. And so we have to look at who is who are the candidates and how do they align to what this movement is about? Which candidate is going to bring us closer to racial parity? Which candidate is going to bring us closer to a Green New Deal? Which candidate is going to bring us closer to um, uh, debt, uh, student debt reform? Which candidate is going to bring us closer to um, uh, universal uh, health care? 
if you have any sense of long-term movement building, then you have to say that's Joe Biden. We're not going to get that from Trump. We all know that now. Okay. And so at this point, if you're an activist, if you really care about the movement and the things that you say you care about, Mm -hmm. the closest thing you're going to have to coming to making that happen is Joe Biden. And when Joe Biden is in office, we're not going to stay on the White House long like we did with Obama. We are going to keep coming. We are going to keep demanding and we are going to make sure that we have movement on this thing because you want to know what? We put you in office this time. You know, like when I was in Kenosha um, and, and, I, and, I, and I wanted to know what was happening there. That was right. really happening there. They were having a block party, Trevor, and they were dancing and they were doing COVID testing and they were doing haircuts and they were feeding people and they were registering people and they were uh, having people sign up for the census. That, that's what the community does. And, and that's what's beautiful about what's happening in this moment. The, 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 the gold in um, the silver lining of Trump is that all of these organizers who've been doing this work for years are all coming together from whether it's from the environmental movement to the racial justice movement to the criminal justice reform movement. It, we're all interconnected now. And we've never been that way. Th- there's so much um, to be hopeful about right now. And I think that's the message that we're missing, you know? Well, I, I hope that your optimism is rewarded. And uh, it's great to see that you still have the passion that you've had for so many years. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. And uh, good luck when you get back out there in the streets. Buddy, we got we to gotta make a plan for voting. We got to, I mean, make a plan, check your registration, call a friend, take a friend, <laughs> take your grandmother, make it a party, make a plan, and that's how we'll win. Mark Ruffalo, thank you so much for joining me. Love you, man. You're the best. Thank you, Trevor. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, I just wanted to remind you that the West Coast is currently battling some horrific wildfires that are destroying millions of acres of land and displacing hundreds of thousands of people. Now, climate change has been a key factor in increasing the risk and the extent of these conditions. One organization that has been working to find practical solutions for climate change and other environmental disasters is the Environmental Defense Fund. If you can help them and you would like to join in their cause, then please visit the link below and donate whatever you can. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, wear a mask, and remember, it's only climate change if you believe in science. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.